Good morning, Narina. Ina, lovely to talk to you again. Likewise. Um, Narina, the Fed is focused and steady and the ECB is accommodative and generous and markets are in celebratory mood, it would seem. <laughs> but, but, but what will these uh, Q1 results season uh, in the U.S., uh, 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 what do you think is going to come out of them? Is there likely to be a party pooper somewhere? <laughs> well, you're right, Sakina. It's definitely celebratory mood still worldwide. We saw many global markets, including parts of our own market, close again at an all-time high on Friday. And um, I think one of the biggest things to watch at the moment is those quarter one results in the U.S. Um, but I think what's quite important is, although there's an expectation that the, that the earnings season is going to be a relatively weak one, when we look at the extent to which the expectations have already been pulled back, so, you know, there's a comparison between what the expectations were at the end of December and what they were at the end of March. And when you look at that, you see that analyst expectations have already been pulled back very sharply. And I think that actually gives us the opportunity that maybe these results will again surprise on the positive side. So um, I think we must be caution, uh, we must caution against um, reading too much into the, into the fact that the quarter one season results will probably be relatively poor, might be the first time since 2009 that we actually see a decline in earnings, but the market has priced that in. That is expected. So I don't think that we should be too concerned about it. And in particular, really, the reason for the sharp pullback is those declines in the energy prices. So if those are anything better than expected, I think that could actually provide some further stimulus for the market and and see us going even higher. But if all of this is making you nervous, Narina, should you try to avoid a possible bear market or just ride out the inevitable pullbacks? You know, when you look at some of the statistics in terms of how long this bull market has been on the go, um, it's the, I, I see some of the stats that I saw is that this is the second longest bull market of all time, and it's only the sixth time ever that the S&P 500 has had a 20-month streak um, or longer. So really, I can understand why many investors are getting quite nervous. You know, how much higher can this go? And we do know that so much of it was fueled by the quantitative easing in the U.S. So with that expected to come to an end sometime soon, does that mean that you should try and preempt this bear market that might come and therefore sell out or reduce your, your load? I think part of the, the problem there is that um, more often than not, one is very early in calling a bear market and trying to get out too soon means that you miss out on some further run-up. You know, I think of just like a company like Naspers where I think many analysts have been calling for it um, to fall quite sharply for more than two years and, and here we are again sitting at all-time highs. So that fear of missing out, that fear of not participating in the full extent of the bear market, I think is, is, is causing a lot of angst amongst the investors. The other side of the coin is also, even if you do lighten the load, even if you do sell, sell out somehow in anticipation of a potential pullback, the question is, when do you get back in? Because for many people, that you need to do both correct. In other words, you need to sell at the right time and then buy again at the right time. So, you know, I prefer to be a longer-term strategic investor and say you just ride out these waves. It's part and parcel of the market. Don't try and time it. Don't try and preempt it. Um, but, yeah, who knows? I might, uh, I might have egg on my face one of these days. <laughs> mm. And then uh, yesterday, two ladies, uh, names starting with H, making the headlines, Hella. <laughs> Helen on her way out, Hillary on her way in. Uh, that's a bit like uh, Greece on the way out and Iran on the way in, uh, isn't it, Narina? But but what does uh, the progress?
progress with talks on Iran mean for the oil price? <laughs> oh, you're quite right. You know, there's lots of focus, obviously, on the two ladies with the name starting with the H. Um, but I think if I look at those four things that you mentioned, probably the one that has most relevance on markets at the moment is, is the, 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 the talks in Iran and what it could mean for the oil price. We did see an interim deal being announced last week in terms of the nuclear program with Iran, but some cold water was poured on that towards the end of the week where Iran is basically saying, you know what, um, if, we, if we actually agree to this nuclear program, we want full sanctions to be lifted on the same day that the, that the nuclear pro, um, agreement comes into effect. And, and there's uncertainty whether that will happen. So I think we saw a nice jump in the oil price last week, up over 5% because of this impending deal in Iran. But I think the reality is that it will probably take a little bit longer, even if there is a final deal. It'll take quite a bit longer before, before the oil supply from Iran comes back online. And therefore, I do think that uh, um, the rises or the gains in the oil price will be capped for the time being. So I wouldn't get too excited about, about oil prices returning to to the former heady highs.